Welcome to this week's episode of the One Play Podcast. My name is David Hevener, and I'm the host of the show. There is a really exciting interview for this week's episode, but before I get into that, I quickly want to recap what's been going on in the sports world recently. First off, I want to congratulate Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for winning the Super Bowl for the second time in franchise history. They defeated the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55 with the final score of 31 to 9. The Buccaneers were the first team to ever compete in and win a Super Bowl in their own home stadium in NFL history. The Buccaneers ended up having a boat parade about a week and a half ago on the Hillsborough River in downtown Tampa Bay, similarly to what the Lightning did when they won the Stanley Cup in this past October. From all the videos and photos that I saw on social media that day, it looked like a pretty insane and a wild time. Tom Brady even threw the Lombardi Trophy off of his boat to another boat and was successful in doing so. And honestly, I've got to admit, it was a pretty beautiful throw by him. Throwing a trophy of that size is definitely not one of the easier things to do, but if anyone could pull it off, it was Tom Brady. And by the looks of how he looked afterwards, I'm still pretty surprised as to how he did it. But who knows, there might have not been a lot of avocado tequila in him at that point. All jokes aside, free agency for the NFL does start in a couple weeks on March 17th, and the NFL draft will be at some point in the month of April. The MLB season is currently scheduled to start as normal with pitchers and catchers reporting last week, and some of the players started to show up as well to spring training. The MLB is currently supposed to be playing the normal 162 games with no universal DH rule or expanded playoffs this season. Spring training games are going to begin February 28th and opening day is scheduled for April 1st. All of the 30 MLB clubs will actually be playing on opening day for the first time since 1968. It's just going to be great to have the MLB back and have fans in the stands at some capacity at least. Both the NHL and the NBA are currently in the middle of their seasons as well. The NBA is currently still planning to have an All-Star Weekend down in Atlanta, Georgia at State Farm Arena. The All-Star Weekend is going to be held March 5th through the 7th. The NHL has decided not to have an All-Star Game this season due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the travel restrictions between the U.S. and Canada that would make it difficult for the Canadian players to make it to the States or vice versa going north of the border. The Toronto Raptors, who are the only Canadian NBA team, are playing their home games at Amelie Arena in Tampa, Florida, which is the arena that is the home of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're playing there so that they don't have to cross back and forth to the border with Canada because obviously you can't cross between the U.S. and Canada with having to quarantine, and that would cause massive issues uh, with teams trying to play in Toronto. The college basketball season is also currently underway. The NCAA tournament is taking place at a neutral site location in Indianapolis. Games will be played at different sites all around the city of Indianapolis. Players are going to be living there in a bubble type form format for their team's duration in the tournament. Selection Sunday is March 14th, and the first play-in games will take place on March 18th. The collegiate baseball and softball seasons are also underway. The college baseball season just started up this weekend, and the softball season started about a week and a half to two weeks ago. That's going to wrap it up with what's been going on in the sports world recently. With that being said, let's get into the interview.
Today's guest is someone who has experience on the business and the analytics side of the sports world. And one day this person wants to be an NHL GM. Devin graduated from the University of Tampa with a finance degree and also played soccer during her time there. She is currently pursuing her master's degree in analytics and statistical modeling at Northeastern University. During her undergrad, Devin interned with the Tampa Yankees as a sports analyst. And after college, Devin ended up with a full-time position working with the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Please welcome Devin Conway. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm not too bad. Just happy hockey is back. Amen. Hey, Devin, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you a little bit? Yeah, so I will, I guess, start with my professional and school side, and then I'll get into a little bit of my personal life. So as you said, I went to University of Tampa for my undergrad degree where I studied finance. And I also got a sports management minor, but as much as I love sports, I feel like that is not, you know, something to brag about. But either way, I got my minor. Um, And while I was there, I actually played soccer at UT as well. And then when I graduated, well, I guess while I was still undergrad, I interned with the Tampa Yankees. And then when I graduated, I started working with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then after that, the Florida Panthers. So a couple different experiences with different organizations, as well as, you know, my own experience, obviously being an athlete my whole life. So yeah, that is kind of my, oh, also I'm getting my master's at Northeastern right now. That's also a big thing that I don't want to leave out. And more on the personal side, I love I have a little French bulldog named Louie. So he's a big part of my life. I'm very into health and wellness. So I actually got my yoga teacher certification as well during this pandemic. I eat a vegan diet, which if you know me, I'm nonstop talking about like plant-based, all that stuff. And yeah, love watching hockey. So pretty multi-dimensional person. How long have you wanted to pursue a career in the sports industry? Is, is it something that you've always had like a plan for or something that came up recently? So I have a twin brother and growing up, our whole lives were about sport. Like I never had a conventional upbringing. I was never a typical girl and I still am not to this day. But I think ever since I even thought about what it was like to even what I wanted to major in in college or, you know, playing sports my whole life, I that's all I knew was sports. And so when it came down to, you know, picking a major or thinking about a future career. I always knew that I wanted to do something in sports, but at the time I didn't really know what. So I went through so many different phases, like a lot of people, whether that's for sport or anything. I remember I was like, oh, I will be a broadcaster or, oh, I, you know, will do this or that. And I didn't really know because when you're an outsider looking in, you don't know how many different roles you can fulfill when you're in sport. So I just always knew that. And I never thought that I couldn't see myself just in a typical office doing healthcare or something like that because that's never been a passion of mine. But I think for a while, I always wanted to see how I could input sport into any facet of my life. And so I'm really happy that I'm kind of on this road of only working in sports thus far, but we'll see where it continues. But I really like it. So you mentioned you were an athlete growing up. What other sport did you play any other sports besides soccer or what did you do there? Mm -hmm. So it's funny, like when I was younger, I played basketball, but that was only gosh for two months or so. And I was really terrible. Um, I played baseball, but then I found myself sitting in the outfield, literally sitting, picking daisies or something off of the ground. So that was clearly not my sport. 
And then after that, I did track and field, which I always did kind of growing up in grade school and then in high school as well, because I felt like it helped me with soccer. And then I also was a swimmer, but I didn't really like swimming. It was just more of my mom making my brother and I do it. But I think soccer was always the thing that came natural to me. Like, obviously I would practice, but I just always, as bad as it sounds, was really good. And so, of course, like if you're good at something, you're going to want to pursue that. Oh, so definitely. definitely my main thing. So switching gears a little bit, what was your favorite part about the time you had at University of Tampa and how was the business program there? So I'm not sure where your listeners are at with where they're, I guess, their career or if they're looking to go into school. But I will say UT hat was an amazing experience for me for so many different reasons. I was being recruited from a bunch of different colleges and I went on the typical visits, but I really liked how there was a city aspect as well as like a college life. Like I'm somebody who thrives in a city being from Philadelphia. So I didn't want it to be a situation, say, if I went to University of Alabama, that's just a college town. I liked how there were so many things to do other than just go to class or something. So I really liked that. And then just the campus was beautiful. I always loved Florida. So I knew I wanted to be in Florida and just be in the sunshine and all of that. And then also the soccer team was really, I I had a good experience. I learned a lot, but I think it was mainly because I was being recruited to play soccer. And then of course it was in Florida. And when I visited the school, I fell in love with the campus. It's absolutely beautiful in the middle of downtown Tampa, like right on the river. So who wouldn't want to go to school somewhere like that? I saw some videos of some people that took from the UC campus of the Bucks boat parade that they saw different players going by on the river during their boat parade. I wish I could have seen the boat parade live, even like when the lightning won. I know that looked insane. Was it hard to manage schoolwork and have a social life all while being a full-time student athlete? Of course. I feel like you can't unfortunately have all three, but with the way that my coach ran our team, like we were not actually allowed to go out or obviously if you're under 21, you're not allowed to drink, but we weren't allowed to be drinking even if you were over 21. And so we had, I think two days a year, even in the off season when we were allowed to go out. And so that was a big thing, but I found that even though it was hard to manage all of these things that it made me into a super type A person, which I actually thrive on. Like each morning, even when I was at school and now in my daily life, I make an hour by hour schedule and I'll put, okay, from, for example, when I was in college, we had practice every day from 10 to 12. So I knew, okay, 10 to 12, I'm at soccer practice. So beforehand at eight, I would schedule a class, get that out of the way. And then at 12, I would schedule another class. I would rush, whatever, get my classes done by let's say two. And then I knew, okay, I have from three to six to do some homework and then six to seven to make dinner and then seven, like I want to turn on a hockey game or something. And so I think because I had such little amounts of time and I needed to be on top of everything with traveling a lot for soccer or (laughs) passing classes, like that's a big one. They're important. And I knew that a social life was important too. So of course, like I went to brunch with my friends and all that, but I found I thrived better when I was doing well in school and then also well on the field. So I, I'm not the type that's like rage, you know, else isn't in order because it, I just don't feel good that way. So switching gears again a little bit, what was involved in your undergrad internship with the New York Yankees in Tampa? And was it kind of nerve wracking for you at first to be working for one of the most storied franchises in all sports? Yeah, yeah. So I did so many different things. And this is where I 
first realized how much you could leverage using data within sports. I had no idea about analytics. Like that term was super foreign to me. So when I got this internship, it was kind of a mix of everything. Like I even did some type of broadcasting too. I would, well, I guess not broadcasting, interviewing. Like I would interview the players and half of them spoke Spanish. And then I would watch the games and track different things. And all of it just went in and I would do all these different things on Excel. And I said, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like they're actually using this data to have an end goal. But at the time, I didn't know what the end goal was. But then as my internship progressed, I kind of was more interested in and I started to ask questions like, what is this data doing for me? Like, why am I counting this? Or why am I, you know, standing there with the tracking gun? Like, what is this doing? So I think that that internship, even though baseball is not my favorite sport and it's not something I actively watch day to day, I think it was really cool because you learned, again, I learned so much about data, which I'm I'm obsessed with, but then also it taught me how to pivot. Like when I would, when I first started interviewing players, I had no idea how to interview anybody, let alone players that did could barely speak English. So I think that taught me to kind of think on my toes, which is a big part of data analytics in any field as well as sports and just being successful in life. I think you just have to know how to pivot when necessary. And then also being able to think on your toes, like I said, is really pivotal. And yeah, I I had a really fun time during that internship. It taught me a lot. It's amazing how much analytics is definitely used in hockey and baseball. I noticed definitely during the World Series more that analytics can be used. So I know the Rays are a big team that rely heavily on their analytics because they don't have the payroll of a team like the New York Yankees to kind of go out and get whoever that they want. And they can use analytics to their advantage and maximize the most out of their players that they're able to get on their roster. Yeah, that's definitely a big part, especially I know baseball and any sport. Honestly, that's like one of the number one things that people in data driven positions do. So has math always been like a big thing for you or is it just something that got into like later on? Uh huh. Yeah, I've always been that weird person that enjoys math and science. So I think that it was never I was always interested in it. And I think that's why I chose, you know, undergrad finance, because I, mm-hmm. I thought it was cool, which sounds weird, but I never knew how I wanted to use it. But I think that seeing even just a super entry level way at the Yankees, like obviously during my internship, just how you could leverage that and make amazing decisions and prove it like I'm somebody that likes to see the results like you can't tell me this works like I want to say okay how does show me how it works you know and I think data is the showing and then the it's showing and telling which I think is really interesting so I've always been like that and it's cool how you can implement that in a field that you love you know yeah definitely so how did you end up getting your first position with the Tampa Bay Lightning out of school? Like how long did it take you to get that job? So it's actually super interesting. I, in college, I just started when I moved down to Tampa. I never, I didn't even go to a Flyers game growing up, which is wild. It's like hockey was not really on my radar at all. And then one of my best guy friends actually interned with the Lightning during his time in college. He went to um, University of South Florida and he was telling me about like what he would do in his internship and how it was a lot of like player tracking and video analyses and all that stuff. And I was, would always like kind of listen and be really intrigued. And so he told me that they were like looking to hire somebody. And at the time I became just going to games like an avid hockey fan. 
to a point where I would schedule my whole life around watching the lightning play. Like it was something that I loved doing. I loved going to games. I just, and I would sometimes go to the games alone on the student rush tickets that they had. They were like, yeah dollars yet so oh, awesome. i was like oh my god cool like could i get this job but then obviously i'm a woman and i've never played hockey i don't have a hockey background so i was a little bit skeptical but my friend hooked me up with an interview after obviously like i sent my yeah. resume and all that stuff and i'll never forget i went in and my old boss um michael peterson he's a great guy but he wanted me to like he asked me all these questions and i was freaking out like I was sitting there sweating and he had me draw like different hockey systems on the whiteboard and and then went he had me like do this project where you had to track all this and do all this stuff and I thought it was so cool and I I guess I did well so because I got the job and yeah that honestly looking back was the best moment of my life because I think that the way that the NHL is going and the way that life is going now is everything's super unconventional. Like if you only have people working in your organization that have played in the NHL, like what value does that bring? And I think that me being like I said, an unconventional mind and not coming from just complete hockey background. Like I was able to have some really cool ideas and showcase what I could bring to the table. That's a little bit different. And I clearly, I think with the success of the lightning and other organizations that shows. Well, Hey, something worked out. I mean, that they won the cup this past year. So yeah, <laughs> um, that's, that's one, that's one arena that I, I do need to get down to a game for. It's so much fun. I've always seen like the videos from like their games and it just looks honestly insane. I mean, I would rather go when we can have a, they can have a packed house again. How did you end up getting your job with the Florida Panthers after your position with the lightning? So somebody I actually worked with ended up moving his job to a higher role in Florida. And so I was kind of looking to advance my role. And at the time there wasn't any opportunity to move up within the hockey operations department in Florida, or sorry, in Tampa. So it was that just a standstill of like really loving my job, but I also felt that I was ready to take on more responsibility as well as grow myself too. You know, if you're only doing like, again, I loved my job in Tampa, but I felt like I could bring more to the table and there wasn't the budget really for me to be doing that or, you know, the responsibility, I guess. And so I reached out to this person I knew in Florida and it was more on the business side, which I didn't have experience with, but I still wanted to use everything I've learned about data and the different um, programming languages that I know and all that and see how I could leverage that within business. So that was really interesting. I didn't know anybody when I moved to South Florida. Uh, the hours in Florida were really long um, and then COVID hit. And unfortunately, they cut a lot of the money for our department. So I thought I obviously so I had a one bedroom apartment and with what they cut the salary to, I just I could like barely pay my rent. And so I was at a weird place of like, I really I enjoyed my job and I wanted to continue to move up. But I also needed to support myself. So I made a hard oh, yeah. of like not of leaving and trying to pursue other opportunities, I guess. Well, at least now it's allowed you to go back to school and get your master's and do that full time, at least in the meantime, while you're looking for another opportunity in the NHL. For sure. For sure. So kind of going off on that after you complete your master's degree, what's kind of like the next step career wise for you that you're looking for to eventually becoming an NHL GM? Yeah. So I am done my master's at the end of April and I actually had a really exciting job interview a couple days ago with another 
organization. So we're going to cross our fingers. And hopefully if I get the job, I can share what it is. But the main thing that I really want to focus on is I know that I have these qualities, but I want to put myself in a role where I can succeed and move up and become a GM because a lot of teams like you're, when you get hired for a job, like that's only what you're doing. And I think that's great. But I also think when you have high career aspirations, it's better to set yourself up in a way where you're not having to move all over. And I've lived in, yeah, like three different cities. And I think that's great. And I've learned a lot, but I'm really trying to be more selective and really think through and see if a city works for me. Like just because it sounds like a good job, I want to know what the culture's like in the organization or who I'm working with and if there's room for me to grow and all of those things, because that's really important. And I find that a lot of times working in sports because positions such as um, being a data analyst is so new. And so they don't really know like how can this data data person is what a lot of people call it. Like how can they run an organization or where else can we go with them? You know, it's kind of like Mm -hmm. a flat line. And, and I really think that there are organizations out there that don't think like that. So I'm really trying to see what's a mutually beneficial relationship with me and my next job. So. So switching gears again a little bit, especially in this past year, women have been getting more opportunities in the sports world than ever before. The Miami Marlins hired the first female GM in American sports history. Becky Hammond served as an acting head coach for the San Antonio Spurs. And Sarah Fuller became the first woman to score a point in a Power 5 college football game. Even as recently as this past weekend, referee Sarah Thomas even became the first female to referee in a Super Bowl game. Being a female in a primarily male-dominated field, what does it mean to you to see women getting opportunities like these? I absolutely love it. I Every single example you just listed is makes me feel warm inside, as weird as that sounds, because um, I've seen firsthand the disrespect, quite frankly, that I've gotten from some, not necessarily co-workers, but just people, outsiders looking in and just how, like, how do you know about that? Or what, why are you qualified for that? Like, you never played hockey, all these things. And I think that women, like the women you listed, and I like to think of myself as this way, or just like mm-hmm. leading the way and showing that it is possible. And even though it's unconventional, and yeah, I don't have this experience playing the NHL, but who's to say? I'm not qualified to do this job. Like I have all these other qualifications and I'm equally there contributing and being bold in the workplace. And I think that women just have to be, like I said, super bold and confident and not be afraid to speak out. I've said so many things that aren't that intelligent at work. And I probably shouldn't be saying that, but it's like asking questions and putting yourself out there, being vulnerable. And if you don't know something, ask, that's the biggest thing I would say. Like, yeah, there, there are certain lingo that I had to learn at first. And I wasn't embarrassed to ask because, yeah, I didn't know that hockey lingo, but they didn't know the programming language lingo. And I think that when you look at it from a binary standpoint of just male and female, it isn't right. You should look at it as what our brains, like what is this person bring to the table? It doesn't matter what my gender is, what my race is, all these things. It's like, not really about that. And I think with the rise of women in all different aspects of sport that hopefully people can come to terms with like, it's not about what my gender is. That shouldn't matter at all in the workplace. It shouldn't matter what I look like or any of these things. It's just like, what can I bring to the table? Can I be an asset to this organization or can I not be? 
And I think when people get over the fact that it's male versus female for some odd reason, they'll realize like, yeah, this girl has a, a, a knickknack for data. She likes hockey. Like, let's see what she can do or yeah. let's see what he can do. It doesn't matter. It should be the best person fitting or it should be the best person most qualified for the job gets it regardless of I agree what their whatever their gender or whatever else is kind of going along with that previous question if you had one piece of advice to give to a girl or a woman who might want to pursue a career in sports but might be scared to what would you say to them I love this question too I would say I kind of already touched on it but just be bold and put yourself out there like I've said before I I'm not afraid at all to ask questions and I'm not afraid to put myself out there. I thrive most in uncomfortable situations. And a lot of times being the only girl in your department is uncomfortable, but guess what? Like that's where you grow. I, when I was at the lightning, I, my boss, again, I love him so much, but we didn't really have that interpersonal connection. And so I, I felt a little bit out of touch when all, I I was the only woman in the department. So it was kind of a little bit hard for me to fit in and, and talk about all this different jargon that, that males talk about. Yeah. So I never played hockey before, but I knew that my boss and my other coworker joined, it was a beginner male hockey league. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to join. So I literally joined the team. And then now my boss and I, we were so close. Like I felt like one of the boys and I'm not saying that as a woman, you have to feel like one of the boys, but it's like putting yourself in those positions where it's a little weird is where you grow. That's in any place you work. I can't speak for other than sports, but I I know that that's true. And it's just, again, don't be afraid to be yourself. Like I am also really into fashion and I would go in sometimes wearing a leopard blazer and unless like, I, I wasn't going to try to like look like a guy or not say, oh, I, I'm getting a facial during lunch. Like I never tried to dim myself to make others feel like inco- or comfortable, I guess. And if being myself as a woman made a male feel uncomfortable, then I think that speaks volumes on his, in, his yeah insecurity rather than mine. And it's also, it's like, we're in a day and age where I think everyone has equal right to pursue their dreams if they are qualified and if they do put the hard work in. And I know, unfortunately, I sometimes feel like I have to work a little bit harder, but I think that my work shows and I really hope that in the future, women are able to be bold and be themselves in the workplace, whether they're working in sports or whatever that may be. So kind of switching gears a little bit again, in this past year, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup and the Buccaneers recently won the Super Bowl in their own home stadium, which is crazy to think about. That's the first time that that ever happened. And the Rays even made it to the World Series. Like with the time that you spent in Tampa, like, are you surprised with all the success that that city has had recently sports wise? No, not at all. I at least especially from a hockey standpoint, Jeff Finnick is absolutely unbelievable with what he's doing with the lightning. And then also what he's just doing with the city of Tampa itself is just legendary. And I think that, you know, I've been to a few Rays and Bucks games. um, So I can't really speak on that, but at least the atmosphere of attending a hockey game at Emily arena is just absolutely electric. And I think it's because they put so much into the community with in every way, like they have a complete department, that's just community relations where they're giving so much back. And I think it shows and the fans are just, just love hockey. And it's so cool. 
I remember I went to a game in Nashville and I always heard that that's electric too. And I remember going and I was like, this is nothing compared to the lightning. Like it's just because the community is small, but I think everybody is just, they feel so included and they're, they're warm and like wanting to go to the games. And I, I, it's from what I can see, it seems like that's how it is with the Rays and the Bucks. And it also doesn't help that the teams are just sick. Everyone loves winning teams. If you win, it'll bring out a crowd anywhere. Yeah. And it's crazy like with Tampa because people would think they're a Southern market. Like they wouldn't really be a hockey town. Like being somebody from the Northeast, Boston is a huge hockey market. I mean, you're from Philadelphia, you know how much they love the Flyers, but you know, being in the Southeast in in Florida, like it might not necessarily be a Tampa might not be a huge hockey town, but it definitely is. And then another question, the NHL recently changed their scheduling format this season to have teams only play the teams in their respective divisions. Like, do you like the new format for what the NHL is doing? And is there a team that's kind of been a big surprise for you this season so far? I definitely don't want to be that person that says I don't like the format because I really think what Gary Bettman did with the bubble last season and then what he's doing now is amazing. Like just getting a product out on the ice is enough for me. And I know it's enough for a lot of people as well as it's enough for the business aspect that you're able to bring in some type of revenue, even though it's not as, you know, what it usually is in a normal mm-hmm. season. But um I think it's structured really good. I think there are some positives such as less travel, like I ran an analytical model that shows that traveling a lot is not that good. And you would think that that's, you know, true. And it is <laughs> yeah. fact, but you know, I, yeah, I think that that's another really good aspect is the guys are not, you know, playing a game and then having a late night flight and getting to another city at 2am and then playing, say it's a back to back. And it's just so much going on mm-hmm. that I think that that could take away from the on ice play. So I really like that aspect. And then uh, you mentioned earlier, but I'll, I always have been a big proponent for fights within the NHL and considering some teams um, are playing each other more frequently. I love the battle of Alberta. There's so oh, yeah. going on in there. So I think from a viewer standpoint, that's really interesting because a lot of people watch hockey for the fights. Yeah. So I think that's a positive as well. And just, yeah, having hockey back has been really big. And I think, even if you want to look at it from like a mental standpoint, some people, and I'm one of those included. So this is why I feel like I can speak on it. Like hockey is more than just a game for me. It's like a mental release whenever I'm having a bad day or just feel a little lost, like especially moving a lot um, in the past two years. I think I always like can look to hockey as a home, as weird as that sounds. And it's just mm-hmm. like, it brings me so much comfort. And I know that especially during the tough times with the pandemic, a lot of people think that way as well. So I think, just having sports back in general is really good for society. Oh, 100%. I can definitely agree or I can definitely resonate with the whole hockey feeling like a home thing. Cause even because I went to school in Virginia and a lot of my friends were Washington Capitals fans and growing up in the Northeast in Massachusetts, like I watched the Bruins, but I never really followed them super duper closely. But when I got to school, I worked from our sports network covering games or broadcasting them to put them on ESPN plus. I worked a lot of the hockey games it was at school when i really started to understand the game more learn the lingo like when i was at school a lot of my friends were 
from the Northern Virginia area. And then I started to watch the Capitals with them. I kind of stuck with them ever since 2016. I'll always think about school or just like that part of the country when I'm able to throw them on. Yeah, no, I I can completely relate. It's just always something where I... I remember when I first moved down to Fort Lauderdale, like like I said, not knowing anybody, you know, I always try to put on this tough exterior, but it was a really difficult thing for me. And I remember just like coming home from a long day of work. And if I, if there wasn't a Panthers game, I would just turn on like NHL network and eat my dinner. And I just was having the best time. And I was like, okay, life's going to be good. And it yeah. sounds so weird, but it's true, you know? Yeah, definitely. So now getting into some predicting a little bit for the NHL playoffs for this upcoming year. There are four divisions that the NHL geographically realigned for this year. Um, They're playing how many games? 56, 52, 56. Okay. So there's four divisions, the Eastern division, the central, the North division, which is an all Canada division because they can't cross the border into the United States and the West division. What are the four teams that you think, are going to come out of the Eastern Division for the playoffs and then which team will come out on top? Okay, so for Eastern Division, I would love to say before the season started, I 100% would have went with the Flyers. But unfortunately, I will say the Bruins are going to come out on top. But for the four teams, I would probably pick obviously Bruins, Flyers, Capitals, and I think we're going to have to go with the Islanders. The, for my the Islanders. Yeah. Interesting. I really like Barry Trotz, their coach. I think he's one yeah. of the best coaches. In the oh, NHL. definitely. I mean, he got the Capitals, their Stanley Cup, and then went to the Islanders right after. I wish they could have figured out something for that, him to stay around. Yeah. But That's interesting situation. I would have loved to know like what actually was the reason because I know that a lot of the guys like he a lot of any team that he is coached like the players love him. So especially after winning a Stanley Cup too. Like Yeah. Something was a little fishy there. <laughs> so I'm going to predict out of the Eastern Division, the I'm going to say the Bruins are doing really well right now. They're on a kind of hot streak. They are leading the East, so I'm going to pick them, my Capitals as well, and then probably, I really don't want to say this, but it's hard to bet against them. I'm going to say the Penguins make it out of the Eastern Division, and then probably the Flyers as well. The Penguins it, were one, though, I was like... Even though I'm from Philly, I, I do love watching Sidney Crosby. So I'm like, I don't know if I could pick, you know, Islanders or Penguins, but I kind of like I'm really a big Barzal fan. I think he's on yeah. the So Oh, yeah. Ooh, Caps and Pens play tomorrow, by the way, 3 p.m. Wait, did you see that quote that uh, I think, I don't know who was interviewing, but Kuznetsov was like saying he doesn't want to play at three. He's, he was like, oh, oh yeah, maybe he played at seven or eight. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the primetime game because like all of the games that the Caps and Pens play, they always play at like 12 or three because it's like yeah. always going to be a primetime game because those two teams hate each other. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> I'm excited to watch that. Speaking of fights. And now switching gears to the Central Division, what are the four teams that you think are going to come out of that division? Okay, so I think obviously we got to go with my Lightning. I think they're 100% winning the division. Oh, I hope so too. Yes, then we're going to go for the four teams that come out. Okay, Lightning, Panthers, which I didn't say this earlier, but I remember you asked it, a team that surprised me. 
Panthers 100%. Yeah, same. Like, they're very entertaining to watch. I was actually had the game, like, well, it's ended, but I had the game on and just they were great. Um, and then we're going to go with the Hurricanes and then the Blue Jackets. I'm going to say as well, Tampa. They're obviously a clear choice to come out of the division. The Panthers have also been a pretty big surprise to me because they went on like, I think they had the longest streak in the NHL where they were, or they didn't have a regulation yeah, loss. Lost, yeah. It was them and the Caps had like the second, the two longest um, streaks. So we'll see how long or if this hot streak lasts for them throughout the 56 games. Columbus is going to be an interesting one. I think that they will come out. And then I think a surprise for me is Dallas that they're not playing as well as they had last year. I mean, I know that COVID bug hit them pretty hard in the earlier part of the season, so it might have taken them a little bit longer to um, get going than usual. I might have to go Carolina as much as I really don't want to say that. Shveshnikov is really nasty. They've got a good team down in Carolina, so those will be my four. And those are the current four that are um, in the top of the central as well. Now, ooh, now going to the North division, the great old North. What are your thoughts on that division? Okay, so to top the division, I'm really struggling with this because I really want to say Montreal. And I know a lot of people right now are going to go with Toronto, but I just yeah. love the way that Montreal plays. I think the whole Canadian division is just like, super high-flying offense, which I think is really entertaining. Um, I don't know how long-term sustainable that is, but I guess we'll see. So, yeah, number one, we're going to Montreal. Then we're going to have to go for the remainder, remaining three teams. Toronto, Jets, and uh, we're going to throw in the Oilers just because – I think whenever yeah. McDavid and Dreisaitl are on, it's really hard to stop them. And I think that that's good for the game, having, you know, arguably the two best players in the NHL. On one team. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they can actually do something this year and not get knocked out of the playoffs again, or at least make, make the playoffs. I know, right? So I agree with you on Toronto. There's no way that they don't at least make the playoffs with that massive overhaul or that massive offense. Mm-hmm. I like Montreal as well. Vancouver is a surprise to me that I thought that they would have been playing better because they're on a current six-game losing streak. Like, yeah, their roster's good on paper, but I don't think that they've been able to put it together and Holtby hasn't been as good. Great in 20... 20- oh, yeah, his playoffs last year was kind of subpar, but um, oh, he was great in the cup final. Well, he was great all of... Tw- I mean, he's Vesnia winning yeah, trophy. Good goalie for sure. He's a great goalie. Made one of the best saves I've ever seen in 2018. So I'm going to go Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton. And then I don't know if I'm going to pick... Like, I, I like Winnipeg, but um yeah, I'll go with Winnipeg. Those are the top four currently in the division as well. And there's only the North division is seven teams where the others are eight, I believe. Obviously, there's only seven Canadian teams, so they're only going to have seven And then for the last division, we've got the Western division. What are your thoughts on that division? I think this is a pretty entertaining division to watch, contrary to what a lot of people say. I for sure have Colorado coming out. I think Mm -hmm. they are just absolutely unreal. Extremely good team to watch. They have a lot of young Good D and yeah, I'm a big Colorado fan, so I'm gonna have them winning the division, and then we're gonna go with obviously Vegas. Vegas is good. I'm gonna kind of go on a limb, and we're gonna pick Arizona 
And then we're going to pick the blues. I love the Arizona um, reverse retro jersey. Oh, they're unbelievable. The Kachina or however you say it. Yeah. yeah. Like the purple. I like them and the, um, was it the NBA team? The Suns both kind of did like a jersey with like that color scheme with like the de- the desert. And I thought that was like one of the coolest things. Like, mm-hmm. I, agree. I, would, I would love to get my hands on one of those Coyotes jerseys though. But for me out of the West, it's either going to be between Colorado and and Vegas, Colorado was my pick last year to win the cup, but they kind of got hit with the injury bug in the second or third round of the playoffs. I think it was the second round. And so I'm hoping that they can do better this go around because they're they're such a good they're too good not to do well. Like they have so much talent. So Colorado, Vegas, I'm going to go out on a limb and say potentially Minnesota might come out of the West. Minnesota's very good. Like, it's either them or Arizona for me, I think. But I'm going to go with Minnesota and St. Louis as well. I mean, they won the cup a couple years ago. They still, I mean, they've lost a lot of, they lost um, Petrangelo to Vegas, mm-hmm. but they ended up getting Tory Krug from Boston as a good defenseman. So hopefully they can put it together and we'll see another exciting run in the Western Conference as well. So we can do some just quick rapid fire getting to know you questions and then can wrap it up all right i'm ready so you can have a meal with one person past or present who would it be and why okay so we're gonna go with the typical hockey answer but wayne gretzky and as cliche as that sounds i think that getting a bit of his one personality to hockey knowledge like that would be unbelievable for me and i also idolize him i think what he's done for the game has been amazing and i think it's also interesting that he hasn't been the best on other than obviously his play has been amazing but then when he's a coach like it just wasn't it so i would love like a key insight into why he thought maybe he wasn't the best coach um so i would have to go with my boy wayne wayne gretzky Mm -hmm. that's kind of a question off of um wayne gretzky you might know where i'm kind of going with this but do you think that Alex Ovechkin will catch Wayne Gretzky's record. So oh, I'm trying to think of the stat that I heard the other day of how many more goals he'd have to score. It's like, what does he have? 895? I think that he'd have to, if they, if he stopped playing it, like, I forget, I forget what they said. I'm not even going to try to like replicate it because I would just be butchering it. But I think it's like three seasons of like 50 goals or more, maybe. And then something i don't know or something like something like that and then or 40 like i mean he's t- totally capable of doing that i guess i mean yeah i think uh, i think he level. is for sure but it's yeah. hard to say because he's he, there's no sign of him slowing down yet so yeah i would say he's going to i would say yeah he's going to barring any serious injury or something like that i think that i hope he does it but yeah um, i think that'd be really cool i think he's the greatest goal scorer at least maybe not of all time but at least of this generation in our generation for sure yeah maybe of all time but we'll see what's your favorite city that you've been able to travel to or live in okay i have two favorite cities um i've been to paris and then i've also been to rome and i don't know i would never live in europe but i loved traveling there it's beautiful and the food was amazing it's just another world from america so i would highly recommend anyone visit there once the covid (laughs) stops the rona bug goes away yeah both those cities are awesome i've been there so fun to go around to when you're not watching sports like what are you watching on tv like do you have a show on netflix you like to binge watch or what do you yeah 
a, such a weirdo. Like I am one of those people that do not watch television, but I will say I have watched The Office. I think it's unreal. And there's also this show called, what is it? Ned something? I'm, I'm forgetting. It's like Ned whatever, but he is this businessman from Canada and he fixes or he tries, it's a comedy. So he tries to fix these businesses that are struggling and he just gives them the most trash ideas and, and they go along with it. And it's just the funniest show. So I'll have to get back to you on like what it's actually called so people could watch it because that's funny. I love The Office too. It's my probably my favorite show of all time so oh, yeah. michael scott for the win amen you miss a hundred what was it you mi- you you miss a hundred sh- of the shots you don't take Wayne Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky. michael scott <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love that awesome favorite animal oh french bulldogs i know you're into fashion so what's one, an, your favorite article of clothing or accessory okay so I'm not even going to blame covid on this because i love sweat like a sweatsuit i'm literally wearing one now i would all day and wearing a different color sweatsuit with like Yeezys or Jordans. And I know that sounds so weird, but that's mm. my favorite. Just like a sick pair of shoes and a nice comfortable sweatsuit. Yeah. And my blue light glasses. Can't forget those. Like, do you have a favorite pair of J's or Jordans? So I only have one. I just bought them last weekend. They're like, what are they? The Chicago's. Yeah. yeah. But I'm are planning they- on getting more. Yeah, I love J's. Yeah, um, they're, they're cool. I got my first pair when I was working in Charlotte and I bought it a couple more pairs since then but they're they're fun what's one thing that you could not live without this is really hard i think there's so many different answers i could give and this is what i'm going to give just because i'm happen to be sitting in the kitchen right now but a blender like when i cook every sauce i make is homemade humble break but i make this really good walnut pesto and i blend it in a blender i'm also on a big smoothie kick so my blender like it's a game changer i, I want a vitamix so if anyone wants to buy me a vitamix that's cool <laughs> that's fun that was not what i was expecting to hear but that's good that's funny what's one of your hobbies that you like to partake in when you aren't working or studying or something like that Mm-hmm. Definitely cooking. It's one of my passions. I'm always in the kitchen making bread, <laughs> sauces, um, so that. And then I'm also really into yoga, like I said, mm-hmm. I sometimes, and just doing Pilates. So I guess just like being outside, traveling, and cooking are my favorite types of things. What's one thing on your bucket list that you want to accomplish? I think as cliche as it sounds, just I don't know if I have a one thing I think just being able to go to bed at night and being proud of myself and thinking that I did something good during the day to not only help myself but to help others I think that's really rewarding like I know I've had times when I just can look back and if I was struggling and somebody helped me like it's just so important to you know help others and I always like value those people there's a few people I can think of that really helps me through tough times so I always just want to be kind of a rock for somebody or numerous people and be a leader what type of music are you listening to like do you have a favorite type of music or music artist oh yeah i am a big rap fan all i listen to is rap it's so bad like i think i can rap every single future song um so we're gonna go with future and travis scott are my favorite last one what's the first thing you want to do when the pandemic is over i definitely want to go to a nice little vacation I, I have been one of those people, controversy or not, that still has kind of been traveling during the pandemic, obviously wearing a mask and doing all the appropriate state guidelines. But 
I think maybe going overseas again or going to an island, like a just nice vacation. Sounds like something a lot of people need right about now. For sure. Hey, Devin, it was really awesome to chat with you today. Do you want to throw out your social media handles so the listeners can connect with you to talk about sports or anything else? So my actually, it's funny, I have two Instagrams. One of them is a health and wellness Instagram. So if you are into that, it is peanut butter lover with two E's. And then my normal Instagram is just my name, which is Devin Conley. Well, Devin, thanks for coming on the show today and sharing with the listeners about your experiences working on the business and the analytics side of sports. You definitely provided a unique perspective, and I know the listeners will really enjoy it. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Anytime. Thank Devin for coming on the show today and sharing about her experiences on the business and the analytics side of the sports world. I really enjoyed chatting with her and I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Leave a rating and a review. Every rating and review helps a ton. Be sure to share that you're listening to the podcast on your social medias. Tag us. I'll repost it. I would love to try to get as many people listening to this podcast as well. And posting it on social media definitely is one of the big ways to do that. So I really appreciate any support that you guys could give to the podcast with this episode or any episode that I've already recorded with people or in the future. Be sure to follow the podcast on all of its social media platforms for the most up-to-date information and content regarding the podcast. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you soon with another exciting episode. <laughs>